Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my friend, Steve Demi, and we are talking about family worship. And this is the kickoff episode to our family series that we're gonna start launching in January of 2023, which can you guys believe it? It is almost the new year. It is almost 2023. I was telling Steve before we started recording that it just occurred to me last night that 2023 is going to be 30 years since I graduated high school. 30 years. Like, that's crazy. But you want to know how many years it's been since Steve graduated high school? (laughs) How about if you give them a prize if they can guess? Okay. Well, since there's not a really good way for them to guess, I'll just tell them. I'll whisper it to them. 51 years. (laughs) 51 years. That's a lot of years. (laughs) That's more than the fingers and toes on my body all combined. So (laughs) that's a lot of years. But you know what? That equals a lot of years of wisdom. And Steve was just sharing with me how he reads through the Bible every year, all the way through. And so you've read the Bible through how many, 40 something times you said? Uh, 46 complete. And I'm on number 47 right now. That is incredible. Incredible. I don't know that I know anyone who's read it through that many times. Maybe Ray Comfort um, is the only other one that comes to mind who has probably read it through that many times, but it's it, that's an incredible accomplishment. Um, so, and, and I don't say that to pat you on the back. Um, I say that because by God's grace, he has allowed you to read it through that many times. So, um, so thank you for being with us. But before we get back into our conversation, I want to say thank you to CTC Math for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys are looking for a great math program, go to ctcmath.com. Check them out for free, ctcmath.com. All right, Steve, um, we talked kind of at the end of Monday's episode about what it might look like for a parent who maybe this wasn't modeled in their home. Maybe they don't know what family worship is. They've never done family worship before. Um, It's scary. And so I, I read the quote out of your book that said, no special training is needed to read the Bible. God wrote the Bible to be read by all of his people. And that is absolutely true but it still can be intimidating for parents to open up the Bible and lead their kids through family devotions. Um, so talk to that parent who, who like they have no experience with this. It wasn't modeled for them growing up. Maybe they're new believers and they're just like, all right, Steve, I don't, I don't even know what to do here. Don't be afraid. Uh, you have to go at it that you're not the expert. You're a co-learner because all of us are adopted children of God and all of us are being discipled. And in hindsight, as I look back, I realized that we are each being home taught by Jesus. And if you ever gone to church and you go out afterwards and perhaps you process the sermon, you know, what did you learn? What did you hear? And you can do this with your family. You can, you can read the same chapter of scripture and you're going to find out that if you've got six people in your family, you can have six different results. Right. Which to me points to the Holy Spirit's working in our lives because the Holy Spirit knows us and he knows where we are in our journey. He knows what we know. He knows how to minister to us each of those places. And the Bible is unlike any other book. It's it's alive. It's living. And as I've been thinking about reading the Bible all those times, which by God's grace, it's a wonderful habit. But it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Don't focus on the every word. Just focus on the live 
Mm. It's a living word, and it feeds me every time I read it. And every time I read through the Bible, I get new insights. So if you go go to it as a as as I outlined, what we did was we simply gathered the troops, prayed, asked God by His Spirit to teach us, and then we read the Bible, and we saw things. So. If you've probably seen these studies, what's the number one fear? Fears in America. Heights, uh, I, I think. Okay. Well, public speaking is usually oh, right, real right, right. Okay. close to the top. Um, yeah. And then the fear of failure. Okay. And then like number three or four or five, the fear of dying. Hmm. So people would rather die <laughs> than speak in public or fail. And you know what happens? Let's just talk about this elephant in the room. If you have all your children gathered around you, you're afraid of failing and you're afraid that you have to speak. And yeah. so I didn't do either one. I let Jesus do the speaking through his word. It was just my job to gather them and pray and learn along with them. I didn't expostulate. I really don't believe that God ever calls us to be sermonizers. He calls us to be faithful. He calls us to just plant the seeds and then he'll bring the growth. So number one, um, don't be afraid to learn along with your kids. So yes. let's say that you come to a passage that you don't understand. That's another people question that I get a lot. What do you do if you come to something that you don't know what it means? And I simply encourage my family because I do this myself. I focus on what I do understand and I apply what I hear and I do it. And then I trust God that he'll open up more when I'm ready for it. But I, I, somebody said once, they said, it's not the passages that I don't understand that concern me. It's the ones that I do understand. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's pretty plain. Yeah. But just one little fun story about that. There was one passage in Numbers that I read through my Bible 15 times before I understood it. And I would read this every year. It was Balaam. You remember talking donkey mm -hmm. guy? Yep. That's all everybody remembers him. But he was an interesting character. And he, in the spirit, looked down on the children of Israel. And he said, I didn't see any sin among them. And I'm going, where are you looking, pal? These are the most stiff-necked, hard-hearted. And every year I would put a question mark <laughs> or notice the question mark that I'd already written the previous year next to that passage. After 15 years, I finally got it. And it turned out we were coming up to that in our family worship where we read around the room. And so I thought, I got something fresh today. Couldn't wait to bring it up. So, but instead of saying it, I said, let's read this chapter. So we did. And then I said, can anybody tell me why Balaam could actually say that? And it would be recorded in the scripture. And one of my sons says, well, Papa, they were offering up sacrifices daily in the tabernacle. And I sighed and I went, good job, son. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so encouraging to me because my kids didn't have it. all the baggage that I had. Right. They actually got it because they believed that the Bible said that the tabernacle, the sins were taken away by the offerings on the bronze altar, et cetera. And so, yeah. Yeah. But I, I find that if I go into it with, I'm not an expert, I'm not even the leader, I'm just the facilitator. I'm here yeah. just to be faithful and learn along with you. And I really want to hear your insights. And I don't want to go on a rant. 
so I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but I'm going to address it right now if it's okay. okay. I've had people ask me, what do you do with teenagers that don't want to have family worship? Yep. I was literally going to ask you that question. Okay. <laughs> and I am just going to share some things that I've learned. So yeah. I, I've talked to people about this. And, and um, one family told me, they said, they came to my workshop that I'd done at a homeschool conference for an hour. I spoke on this topic and they said, we decided to go home and just do exactly what your family did. And we went around the room and we all read and we prayed together and we sang a song and we wrapped it up, took us 15, 20 minutes. And the teenagers bought in. And as they started asking the teens questions, they, they found out that the reason that they were struggling with family devotions is their model up to that point was dad comes down and does a rant. Sorry. He picks uh -huh. his favorite topic and he goes on for 45 minutes. He goes on and on and on. And then some days it would be two minutes and some days it was 45 minutes and they never knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. So with this model, they knew that they were each going to be asked to read, they're each going to be asked to participate, and it worked for them. But if I had teens and I was starting from scratch, what I would do is I would say, let's try this for a week and then let's have a debrief. And then let's try this other and let's tweak it because I think it's important that everybody has a voice, particularly when you're a young adult and you are a young adult. You're not a teen. I've been told that. So young adults need to have a voice, but that really helped them. And that book that you held up, Family Worship. Yep. I don't believe there's one way to have family worship. So the last 30 pages is people's giving me feedback on what they do in their home. Yeah. And it really helps you to develop your own flavor because I think every family is unique. Some families meet in the morning, some families meet at night, some people meet around the breakfast table, some around the dinner table. One family wrote to me, they have a special needs daughter who's confined to her bed upstairs and the kids all said, we want her to be included. Mm -hmm. So they have family worship on her bed every night. Um, it's very different. One family meets on a trampoline. Yeah. One, one family, <laughs> they read a chapter and then the kids go out and come back in and they act out the chapter. Oh, it, but you know what? That's a great teaching yeah. technique. And you can yeah. do that as a family because you can adapt to your kids. Some kids are more cerebral. Um, they might want you to have a concordance sitting there open. And some kids are going to ask tough questions. And you might just say, I'll pray about it and I'll talk to our minister about it and maybe we yeah. can discuss it at a later time. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I love that uh, homeschooling gives us the flexibility to be able to cater to our schedule as a family and do what works best for us. You know, yeah. we have some friends who they're an early morning family and their dad leaves. I want to say he leaves probably at seven or eight o'clock for work. Um, and before he leaves, all the kids are up. They've got four kiddos. All their kids are up, they're dressed, they've had breakfast, and then they all sit down at the table at somewhere around 6.30 or 7 o'clock, and they have their family devotions. Our family isn't even coherent at that time of the day. <laughs> I am usually up at that time doing my quiet time, my personal quiet time. But um, but my family, we're a very late family. I've shared that lots of times on the podcast. And Garrett is the one who works late into the night. And so we do our devotions, our family devotions in the evening, after dinner, after, you know, sometimes we're ready for bed, sometimes we're not, but we sit around the living room and we uh, do very similar to what you did, um, did with your kids. Um, you know, we just read through and we're actually reading through the Bible right now. And 
I love it. I love that we just have a simple time. And even with, you know, a 12 and 17 year old, we don't need to have 45 minutes of study. Ours last probably 15 to 20 minutes and we pray together. And it's just part of our family culture. It's what we do. We've always done this with our girls. And like you, we started out reading just the fun, you know, little children's Bibles with the all the illustrations and and that morphed into reading the actual word of God. And so our our girls don't know any different. And I don't say that to, you know, shame anyone who's who's not doing that yet. I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast is so that people will understand the importance of coming together as a family, because this is really different than maybe if you're doing a Bible curriculum with your kids as part of your homeschool, family worship is a different thing. You know, if you have a, a husband and a dad in the home, making him part of that, it's it's a different part than doing a separate maybe Bible curriculum. This is actually reading the Word of God, worshiping through song, praying together, um, and really focusing. And that can be done any time of the day in any way you want, but you do what works best for your family. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. No one affects your child's education more than you do. Even though others may provide the courses and the supplies you need, you have the most say regarding the quality of your student's learning experience. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. The people at BJU Press do everything they can to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to speak with an experienced homeschool consultant. We are back with Steve. Um, Let's talk about the different roles of mom and dad and maybe even kids and how that plays into our family devotion time. What And let's start with the dads. What is the role of dad when it comes to family worship and family devotions? I think it's real important for dads to take initiative in this, this arena. I mean, everything in our culture today is trying to put dads down. It just is. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think it's important for for kids to see that their dad thinks this is important enough that they want to do this. In fact, just the fact that you're having family devotions is a huge testimony to your kids because everybody's busy. Yeah. That, that's across the board. But if kids see that this is so important that you are carving out time to read the word of God because you feel like this is eternal and this is life-changing stuff, then you are you are already sending a huge message to your kids that this book is important. Mm-hmm. 
number one. Number two, um, I think the scriptures teach clearly that it's the parents' responsibility to teach their children. So if I was out of town on a trip, but this was before Skype, uh, my wife would lead family devotions. But when I was home, generally she would defer and I would take the initiative. But um, I don't think there's anywhere where it says the dad has to be the one to do all the teaching. Now, let me, let me tell you a couple stories about this. And when I say stories, a lot of the stories that I've heard from this is because I used to give away my family worship book for free at conferences. What I would do is I would say, especially to the men, I would say, I will give you this book if you read it within 30 days of this conference. Otherwise, you owe me 50 bucks. Right. <laughs> now, it's 140 pages, so you can read it in two hours. In fact, it's an audio book, and it's free on my website. You can just listen to it if you want. So this is not hard. But dads need a deadline. They need money, and they need uh -huh. somebody to appeal to their testosterone. So anyway, so I did this. <laughs> And as a result, I would send emails out to see whether they did it. And I got so much thoughtful feedback. Men are not meat-eating sports watchers. Men are deep, and they, have a, they know that they have this responsibility, and they want to do well with it. One dad wrote back, and he said, my son, who was in charge of setting the table one night, and in their family, whoever set the table determined who sat where. And most of the time, they would put themselves next to the mom so that they could have her undivided attention for dinner. But when he was three or four years old, that little boy took his dad's Bible, went out and found it, and placed it on his plate. So <laughs> this is where dad sits. And he was telling him, and it's your responsibility to teach us the Bible. I, I just think it's huge. I think it, yeah. it is really big. But I also heard a story from a family, and I met this family, and I was surprised. They told me what they did. They're high church. You know what I mean by high church? No. Like Anglican, Episcopal. Okay. You have a lot of liturgy. Mm -hmm. You have a structure, order of worship, et cetera. And they reenact that at home. So oh, they, wow. Okay. Like, so each person has a role in the worship service. So one person picks the first hymn. One person does the beginning prayer. One person reads the scripture, and whoever is responsible, one person teaches. Now, that's usually the mom or the dad. They fluctuate back and forth. And then they have a corporate prayer. They have, But they have A through, if I remember, G. Wow. Each week, they would assign somebody. You're A this week. You're B. You're C. And they knew their responsibility. And I looked at them, and I said, do the kids really go for this? And they said, they love it. Wow. And I said, how long does a worship service in your home take? And they say, oh, about 45 minutes. But it's the highlight of their day, and everybody participates in the worship service. Wow. So, yeah, there's lots of ideas that you can gather from this. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I love that. Let me ask one more question. Um, we, we have a few minutes left. And I want to shift just a little bit to... Um, you know, we've talked about church and, um, you know, we, there's, there's corporate worship that we do as a church and then there's family worship. And I want to ask this in light of discipleship, because it's our job as parents, of course, to disciple our kids, to be the ones to teach them, as you said, what about others speaking into the lives of our kids? Um, and, and you and I, we even talked a little bit about Sunday school and how, you know, our kids, your, your kids always sat in church with you. Our kids sit in church with us. But I also think that it's important for other Christians who we trust to be able to pour into the hearts of our kids and help disciple them, not disciple them for us, 
but help speak truth and life into the hearts of our children. Can you speak on that for a minute? I think it is important for children to hear the same thing from somebody else Mm -hmm. because we can kind of have the mindset, oh, that's just mom, that's just dad. Right. However, uh, yeah, you pick those people carefully. And right. you're, and we were careful where we sent our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were going to go to a youth, uh, you know, youth night, or to a Bible study or something like that, yeah, we were pretty careful who we sent them to. But it was really important that they had men and women that loved God and loved His Word, and they did speak into their life. And our kids had some wonderful mentors. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Lord, that God brought along at just the right time, because it is important that they hear from other people. And the Bible says every joint supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, we help each other, and we all have different giftings and things. So yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. all in favor of that. But you have to be careful nowadays. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you have yeah. to know what they believe <laughs> and yeah. what it is that they're teaching your kids. So, And I ask that because as, as I was growing up, I went to a Christian school. Um, and I also went to youth group at the church that, um, you know, is kind of the umbrella church over my my school that I went to. And I had teachers and youth leaders who really did pour um, into my life. And they they discipled me in a big way. I think I am much of who I am today as a believer because of those people and because of, um, you know, the truth that they shared with me and, um, you know, just taking me to scripture. And so, um, so yeah, I just think that that's important. I, I just feel like sometimes homeschool families tend to just be like, okay, just our family, no one else. And they're going to stay with us in church and they're going to stay with us at home. And and like, we're going to be the ones always to pour into them. And and while yes, that's important. And that's what God has called us to do. I do think, like you said, and so I'm glad you agree with me on that, that it is important for us to carefully vet the people, um, but allow others to pour into our kids as well and into their lives. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of several men right now with yeah. my boys. I mean, their pictures are up, they're floating in my head as I'm talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well, we are out of time. We are going to come back tomorrow. We're going to talk more about family discipleship, family worship. Um, and I am so grateful again, Steve, for for your book. Thank you for uh, the book that you shared. And like you said, you can people can get this on your website. They can listen to the audio version for free, um, or you it's, can purchase the book if you want it. And you can highlight in it like I have in mine. <laughs> it's also available as a free PDF on my website. Oh, great. Okay. That's awesome. So Family Worship, you guys, it is truly a fantastic book. It will change you, if, especially if you're a family who doesn't do family worship yet, and you're trying to figure out, how do I do this? How do I start? What do I do? Get this book. There's no reason not to. You can get it for free. Um, and what is your website again, Steve? Building Faith families, no spaces.org. Okay. Buildingfaithfamilies.org. We will put links to that in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. If you guys have not checked out our Homeschool Insights podcast, did you guys know that we had another podcast? I don't know if you do. Some of you know, and a lot of you are listening to it, but some of you might not know. We have another podcast. It's our sister podcast. It is another Schoolhouse Watch podcast, but we take basically kind of the the strong meat from different interviews that we've done. And it airs five days out of the week, Monday through Friday, and it's 10 minutes or less. And it's just a shot in the arm of truth and encouragement and sharing God's word and uh, just helping you in your journey of homeschooling and family discipleship. So if you've not listened to that one yet, go to Homeschool Insights um, on any podcast app, wherever you're listening to this one, find it, Homeschool Insights, and uh, you can listen there. So like I said, it's just a short 
just a short one, short, powerful podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.